0: Welcome to Press Coverage. I am Theo Greminger. At Press Coverage, we want to find actionable information and the sharp edges to help us win and put our teams in great, great position, uh, you know, in the, in the offseason to make great picks. Now that we're in week four, we want to set our teams up in a position that we're going to be in tremendous shape, not only in week four, but for the rest of the season. I'm joined today. This is a first time guest to Press Coverage. But I've podcasted with this guy a number of times. It's always a pleasure. Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Scott Bollinger, of The Undrafted and The Undroppables. You can find him on Twitter at at Dino Game Theory. Welcome to the show. How are we doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, uh, break my uh, press coverage cherry, if you will. So I'm, I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah. So for sure. We've uh, Sonic Truth podcast. Yeah. The Undrafted. um, Goat I've District, done Mind of Mansion, Mind of Mansion. You've been, you've been all. Oh, you did the Dominator with yeah, Billy this summer. Was fun. Yeah, first class fantasy. You have not done with Billy and I together. We got to, we got to, we got to break that at some point in the season. But this is a great week to come on.
1: I've been uh, listening is, to this show. This has been a great show. You've done a great job with this, and I think you know, obviously, I'm like the clown in the military thing where they have the, all the awesome dudes, and then it's me. You know, so you've had a really awesome guest list. So we'll have fun here. I don't think I'm going to offer any, uh, uh, value, but you know, I, I, we'll entertain for sure. Um, no,
0: well, I'm well, honest. don't, don't sell yourself short. Thankfully. How? And I always like to bring this up on podcasts because you've grown so large in this space, um, in terms of dynasty, but also, you know, you're a really, really sharp redraft mind. But I think that a couple years ago, what got us kind of talking to one another and a lot of these, you know, how these things work out, you know, I, I reach out to somebody on social media. I like your, like your stuff that you're writing right. or a podcast you listen to, but you had the anatomy of series. Yes. And the bigger you get, I think the less you get associated with this, but this is like, it's was truly groundbreaking at the time for me because you very much simplified key points to look at when trying to identify talent, And guys, you wanted on your roster. Maybe you could quickly share what the anatomy of series is.
1: Yeah, basically, when it first came out, it was like, I I had a, well, there was a lot of like nerds in the fantasy space, and they would always say the R squared of, you know, yards per route run and yards per team pass attempt is 0.285. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, you know, and most of us who aren't, you know, math majors and most of us who just play fantasy, I mean, we're football guys at the end of the day. You know, it's not like we're uh, rocket scientists over here. I mean, Josh Dobbs only exists in like one, you know, one, he's a one-off, you know? So a lot of us just wanted it digested into human language. So I thought uh, it'd be kind of cool to, you know, uh, translate some of these things and and look for these things like yards per team pass attempt. You know, I just tried to identify what these prospects looks like, uh, looked like. So I'd take the top 12, top 15, top 20, you um, you know, in the NFL, and I would look at what traits they all shared, and then put the prospects up against that and say which of these prospects hit enough. Uh, you know, these uh, these measurables, and so that was a way to try to identify what elite players in the NFL at each position uh, look like, what they share, uh, you know, and and to try to identify those players as prospects. And we've the first one I did was maybe a little bit more rudimentary and that's fine, but it was really, really fun to look at and fun to read. And that's why people love it so much. It's a really cool thing to look at. Uh, It's pinned uh, on my profile, but what we've done subsequently over the years is we've tried to refine it with the help of, you know, the guys on my team, the analytics guys and chalk specifically um, to make it better and make it uh, somewhat predictable. And that's where we start to see some of the changes too. Like one of the big things that it's, it has identified is smaller wide receivers. And, you know, so going into uh, Devonte Smith or tank Dell, it sort of allows us to be a little bit more confident in those players as prospects because of, you know, how smaller wide receivers Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, right. These guys are now succeeding in the NFL where 10, 15 years ago, they didn't.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that I highly recommend looking, looking at and um, you know, that's something that you know it, it 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 bears more weight when we're in rookie draft season and the dynasty off season. But I think redraft managers also, when you see a guy like Tank Dell, or even when you're trying to gauge a guy like Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, going and looking and at the things that Scott has kind of put together, I think that can can really help you out. Let everybody know where you know you mentioned chalk. You've got a really, really nice group over at the Undroppables. Shout out to Michael P. Duncan uh, behind the scenes, but Chalk. I saw Tommy Moe dropping a great TikTok on waivers. You guys are putting together a lot of good stuff over there. Let everybody know when when they can find your podcast if they're already not listening to it.
1: Yeah, sorry. Uh, my podcast comes out um, every Thursday, uh, drops uh, right around uh, dinner time in the in the afternoon. On Thursday, we record. Generally Wednesday, so yeah. Uh, the Undrafted is the name of it. You can find it where podcasts are found, as well as on this exact uh, uh, feed, the uh, Player Profiler feed. So yeah,
0: yeah. If you if you're getting press coverage through the Player Profiler feed, you're also getting the Undrafted. So we're gonna dive into a bunch of topics uh, when we get back. Uh, including this red-hot start from C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell in Houston.
1: Love it.
2: This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand-new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over seventy seven point five. Oh, Kadarius Tony under fifteen point five. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio, and the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo. Because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo. Start building your portfolio. And then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader.
0: Welcome back to Press Coverage. I'm Theo Greminger, joined by my guest, Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Scott Bollinger, of The Undrafted. And before we dive into Week 4, I want to take a, a step back and kind of take a macro look at the season. We spend so much time in the summer going through all kinds of different scenarios, ranking guys, analyzing our best picks at ADP, and then the games start and the, the information completely changes at times. Besides Puka Nakua, which player's performance has been the most surprising to you in a positive way?
1: How about Mike Evans? I love that. I mean, you know, Mike Evans, I mean, one of the things that we certainly thought was that um Baker Mayfield was gonna flame out and be terrible and that they're rebuilding, you know, and and there was there was a lot of like uh camp clips of him just throw it in the in the dirt and overthrowing, you know, play and it just looked bad. I think those are sort of cherry-picked and You know, Baker has been, you know, not very good in in the past couple of years. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's targeted Mike Evans, you know, 10, 8 and 10 times so far this year. Not only that, but he scored a touchdown in each game. uh, Mike Evans has. And so the thought was, hey, maybe Godwin close to the line of scrimmage, some volume might get there. But, you know, the downfield big plays won't be there for Mike Evans. They certainly have been there. And quite frankly, I think uh, Mike Evans is just good. So it likely is to continue. Um, I've seen him certainly be traded in a number of leagues, which I think is smart if you're a rebuilder. Great time to trade him, but not a terrible time to go get Mike Evans as I think he, for, for a contender, uh, because I think he can offer some value this year. And who knows? Maybe he's got another one or two years left in him at this production level.
0: I think that's a great point for dynasty managers because – He's going to be a free agent. They haven't paid him, and he's pl- pay- playing like a guy who, you know, somebody's going to give a massive contract with, and he can also be very selective knowing that this is his potentially last team he plays for. Right. You could see him link up with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen. Gabe Davis is a free agent. How about Mike Evans comes and joins Stephon Diggs? I mean, we can get ourselves excited about a bunch of Mike Evans scenarios, and I think when we talk next offseason, as I'm sure we will, about some players at ADP. We've got to take a step back and look at why some of these players fall when they have previous fantasy success and then they get way too beat up because of the like the scenarios, quarterback concerns. 2021 Brandon Cooks, Houston Texans left for dead. You get him in like the eighth, ninth round. Yeah. He had like that 35% target share. It was ridiculous with Davis Mills. Last year Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett both fell dramatically. And then this year, Mike Evans. And also, he's not an older guy, but Michael Pittman fell and fell, and he's looking like a real return on on value at ADP. So I think that gets a little bit too beat up in terms of the quarterback scenario and thinking offenses just completely fall apart. Really good fantasy players tend to stay really good um, and at least offer some production. And Mike Evans you know, fell way too far. So it was never like a guy in your draft where people be like, wow, great pick. But you end up with a really, really good pick just by taking him.
1: We've seen Uh, the story. We've seen the story so many times, like whether it be like a Kenny Galladay or something like that, where you're like, oh, yeah, Kenny Galladay is a good value going into this year. He's going to have this, that, and the other. And then I'll, you know, and it's just gone. He's vaporized. He's not even in the NFL. So, you know, not to say that we expected that of Mike Evans, but, you know, we weren't sure if it would be, you know, some sort of level towards that, you know, where you're like, oh, I should have seen this coming. So, yeah, there's always the fear. It ends sometimes. You just don't win. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no, for sure. 100%. How about a player who you were really, really bullish on, or a player maybe you weren't even necessarily bullish on, but you're just shocked and very disappointed by what you're seeing out of them?
1: Yeah, I was going to say when you asked the question on the show sheet, it wasn't exactly bullish, but you know, I'll I'll just throw one at you that you're going to have to eat a little bit so far, which is Joe Burrow. That's one that we've all been disappointed with, yeah. but you know, Joe Burrow, you know, obviously the injury has something to do with it. Playing, uh, you know, a tough schedule early on has something to do with it. So I think there's some things there, but for me, I'll, I'll, I won't, I won't pile on you. I'll just, I'll say Dallas Goddard. Um, You know, I think the tight end sometimes is a situational uh, player in an offense. You know, they don't always get targets. It's not like they have to be sort of schemed into every offensive game plan. So, you know, and and really only a couple big plays makes a tight end, whether it be a a goal line, you know, uh, a, a red zone target that leads to a touchdown or, you know, one big play up the seam, you know, four catches for 80 yards is a good tight end day. Well, that could be just a couple big catches, you know? So at the end of the day, I think sometimes these tight ends can be schemed out, but I do suspect that Dallas Goddard will see his turnaround, but boy, oh boy, it's been rough so far. I think he's like tight end, like 40 or something like that. It's really ugly. The
0: idea of Dallas Goddard is yeah. always better than what you get from Dallas Goddard. It's true. true. Um, you know, there's somewhere in like the fantasy football multiverse where Dallas Goddard ended up on some offense that treated him as the number one target, and he has these complete smash seasons. But it's like, I don't know, I think he's he's the kind of guy that gets gets drafters trapped because you look at him as a value and a potential difference maker, and it certainly hasn't been the case, especially with the change in offensive coordinator. You wonder if this is something that, that might continue. Uh, great call with your Dallas Goddard one.
1: Two straight uh, games of DeAndre Swift going off though, where yeah. they nobody's been able to stop the run. So why are you going to do anything other than that, right? All of a sudden, if they start stopping the run, linebackers are coming up. They're making you know run plays on the defense. Well, then you go right over the top to the tight end. But if you're not stopping the run, we are not uh, compelled to do anything different but than to run.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and DeAndre Swift look just looks fantastic. Absolutely. I'm very very uh, interested to see kind of where this thing goes. Sirianni has not been a guy who's, you know, used a bell cow. It's been a lot of running back by committee, but just rational coaching is hey, let's get DeAndre Swift the ball 20 times every single game and and let him go with it. Uh wanted to start out with Houston. I think yeah. that every every podcast in America is like so for for the first two weeks of the season, you had to start off by speaking talking about Puka Nakua for 20 minutes. Yes. And that was cool. Now the the you have to talk about Miami. And I've talked about Miami at length this week. I'm sure we're going to touch upon it a little bit later in the show, but let's start out with Houston. Houston, D'Amico Ryans gets it. Slowick, the offensive coordinator, gets it. These guys get it. And I think this was a team that we kind of left for dead in the preseason. And it's not like they're winning every game, but they're certainly doing things for us fantasy-wise that are really, really exciting. And C.J. Stroud... This was a guy that I liked in the preseason. Um, and certainly in rookie draft season, I, I I ended up with some Stroud. But I always would kind of refer to him as a potential Kirk Cousins type, a guy who's going to be a good starter, not elite. Now when I look at him, I mean, he looks like Joe Burrow. He looks awesome. And the offensive line is terrible. But I am so impressed with C.J. Stroud. Where are you at on Stroud? Is this surprising to you? I mean, it's it's wild.
1: Well, let, let let's let's be real here. The difference between Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow is a couple of throws a game. That's
0: it really a good is. Good
1: point. Because at the end of the day, these guys are like statistically like you'd be like, oh, they're the same fucking guy almost, you know. It's um, you know, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins to Joe Burrow, Tom Brady. It's like you you if I just gave you a lot of numbers, I could make the the former the two guys in the you know, the Dak and Kirk look better than the other two. That being said, I I, I was uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, quarterback one up until the draft. I thought he was the best quarterback. If I had the first pick in the NFL draft, I would have taken C.J. Stroud. Um, the only reason that we might have been a little bit scared of C.J. Stroud in any way, shape, or form would have been to say that his weapons were so good that they made him. Well, that's fair, but I, I didn't see that on the film. right? If you watch the film, every throw was like, unbelievable pinpoint to the outside everywhere wherever he threw it it was like on target on time and really pinpoint accuracy well guess what so far that's exactly what he's been doing in Houston uh so CJ Stroud for me is the least surprising thing I've seen so far I mean obviously I'm a little surprised that it's it's happening so quick but man he is just so so good he also is uh taking fewer sacks he took zero sacks this past week um Maybe Jacksonville's defense is awful. It's very, very possible. Obviously, they kicked the shit out of Jacksonville. Um, but all that being said, I think C.J. Stroud is is that guy. I, you know, I think I was kind of 50, 50 with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud after the draft, just because of that one point oh one. You know, you got to kind of pay attention to that. But you know, I almost wish I would have s- stuck to my convictions and just kept C.J. Stroud at one overall the whole way because I, I think he's that good a player. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's my feelings on CJ. I think he's a real deal.
0: Yeah, we had Anthony Richardson uh, as the the QB one, and then Stroud as our QB two ahead of Bryce Young. I just think that it's funny. First of all, shout out to the S two test. You guys should go out of business. Yeah, because this is a guy that you're trying to bring down his ability to process a game. He's playing behind a like piecemeal offensive line. Yeah. And he's not taking sacks and he's not throwing interceptions. The game seems to come very naturally to him. And I think they're really putting him in a good spot by being in 11 personnel all the time. He's got three wide receivers out on the field. Uh, Nico Collins and Robert Woods. Uh, Nico's having somewhat of a third year breakout. It's very yeah. nice to see, but I'm really excited about a player that you've been talking about for a long so time. Much. You know, you, so you ran, you ran pure this off season yeah. and Tank Dell, Tank yeah. Dell is happening. Uh, you know, let's 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 take a step back. The third <laughs> round has been a, a nightmare for. Do you mind if I take my pants team. off
1: real quick? Is that take, okay? take no your pants off? I'm just
0: getting you, a little excited. You're, you, you get you get like, listen, I'll give you your props for Sam Laporta later in the show. Yeah, this is not just like, hey Pat, you on the back show, but you were all over Tank Dell. Tank Dell, you're spot on with. Um, and we'll just take a step back. The third round has been awful. 2019, you get Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. And then after that, it's been nobody sticking in fantasy. The most yeah. successful third-round wide receiver since 2019 was Josh Palmer last year. And last year, Josh Palmer gave you 70 catches, 750 yards. That's really the the top third-round pick at any point since 2019. There's been some guys historically, like Heinz Ward was a third-round pick. Terrell Owens, a third-round pick. like There's t- Tyler Lockett, a third-round pick. There's been big hits, but since 2019, it's been like a train wreck, Yeah, but Tank Dell looks like it. He's only playing in the slot like 25% of the time, and he's cooking people. Two weeks ago, Noah Brown goes down. They say they're giving Tank Tank Dell a larger role, and they do it. They give him 10 targets, catches seven balls, 70-plus yards, and a touchdown, and then last week people the haters are like it was busted coverage. Busted coverage touchdowns still count. Yeah. And they're still targeting you. It yeah. Goes for 145 yards, 5 catches, touchdown. Tank Dell is happening. Your thoughts on Tank Dell?
1: I love Tank Dell. And so we I have so much Tank Dell content. I could probably take clips of me talking about Tank Dell with my guests on my show and make a 2-hour show just of all the Tank Dell talk. For the last like 5 shows of the off season up leading up to the regular season, I was just asking is it possible that Tank Dell is good? And because I just feel like all of there you go, baby. Uh, all of the um, all of the data was pointing to Tank Dell. If we could look at like if we're talking about anatomy or whatever, there's only a few things that were red flags for Tank Dell. Number one would have been his size. Okay, well you know we 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 already talked about that at the top of the show that maybe size. Matters a little bit less nowadays with the way the game is played. More three wide receiver sets, you know, less physical in in the secondary, less physical at the line of scrimmage. You can move guys. It's just totally different game than it was 10, 15 years ago. Okay, great. So the other two was basically level of competition. You know, was his level of competition the reason that he was successful? And the third was, um, you know, he's old. He's a fifth-year basically player. So those were the red flags for me. But, but, but Theo, the, what happened to me is I don't really watch college football that much. I'm not that into it, so to speak. So I didn't even know who Tank Dell was in January. But, you know, then I started to do my process. And I was like, I looked at some numbers. I was like, holy shit, this Tank Dell. Tank Dell? How big is this guy? I can't wait to see. Was he, 6'4", 220 wide receiver? I looked at his stats. He's scoring touchdowns. I'm like, this dude must be a goal line threat. I look, he's, you know, 5'5", 120. So I put the tape on, and this guy was absolutely cooking people everywhere he was just breaking wide open every play and then spiking on their heads you know in the end zone celebrating every time i'm like this dude's unbelievable fast forward to the senior bowl nobody wanted to cover him you know so when they do the defensive back versus wide receiver stuff the defensive backs were like no no you go because they 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 were they didn't want to cover him and he was ripping fools at the senior bowl um CJ Stroud basically said, I want Tank Dell. That's the one guy I want on this team. The, 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 the number one quarterback on the, you know, in the draft says, I want that guy. They bring him in. It was just so many things leading to this guy might be good. But ultimately, what he's able to do is he's able to use elite level route running and quickness in the middle of the field or even on the outside now, is what we're seeing. And that's the that was the big question. We knew that basically he could be a good to great slot player. The question was, can he move around and play Z? Can he be an outside? Can he play in two wide receiver sets is really it. We talk about the King chess piece, right? The the guys who can play not only slot, but then outside so that they can be on the field more than just 50 to 60% of the time. It looks like he can be that guy. And it looks like it's going to be Nico and Tank Dell. And uh, yeah, so wheels all the way up for this kid. He is an outstanding player and he's proven it
0: he's a little bit like Hollywood Brown in a sense where if Hollywood Brown would have landed in a non Greg Roman offense and been featured like the, the, he could have had a different kind of trajectory, but like a small guy that can play outside. And I think he's very insulated value wise in dynasty because if Houston does go out and get an alpha wide receiver, or if Houston says, Hey, you know what? Let's sign Mike Evans. We have a team good enough to win the AFC South. Let's get old man Mike Evans, stick him on the outside. Tank Dell can naturally slide into the slot and yeah. win there. So he's very, very exciting. Not to to keep, I'll keep this mostly redraft focus, but from a dynasty perspective, what would you pay for Tank Dell? How convinced are you? Because I think this is a real opportunity window to go trade for him. Some people would say you're buying high. I would argue that the market hasn't shifted. He's being treated like a guy that you were taking – in the third round of your rookie draft, how much would you pay for him in a non-superflex?
1: Well, I, I've looked at my rankings, and ultimately, like, right now, if you look at it, for me, it's still JSN, of the of the past class. JSN wide receiver one, Addison two. I really think Puka is three now. I really yeah. do. Puka, then Zay, and then Mims. So my point is, now you're moving Quinton Johnston down. If you can use Quinton Johnston to trade especially on the height right now that he's going to be coming in and being a starter for tank Dell plus that's the kind of trade I would try and make is to move off of a sinking ship like Quentin into a, you know, rising tide, like, like tank Dell.
0: I love that. Uh, We'll pivot back for the people listening only for redraft. We're pivoting back now. Sorry about that. You're never getting that 10 (laughs) seconds back guys. Um, but, but we but one Tank Del, I
1: think is a realistic play for the rest of the season. Uh, wide I'm, I'm, I'm wide playing receiver in three redraft leagues. Yeah. He's, a wide
0: receiver, he's an upside wide receiver three. You start him every single week. If you're in a wide receiver, deep format, you're feeling great. And Especially in PPR. Leagues, yeah. Because I mean, he percent. profiles
1: as a volume slot at the very least. And I don't think that's going away. It's not like Robert Woods is going to suddenly like be like, no, no, listen, son, it's my world. You're living in Robert Woods is cooked. Yeah. And so I think they've got Nico on the outside Tank Dell is the volume slot. And then whomever else can fill in around those two guys. That's what they're doing there.
0: And shout out to the chat. I wouldn't be worried. There's a question. Should Nico Collins owners be worried? I'm not worried at all because no. I think that the, there's enough passing volume for both of them, certainly yeah. with the way that they played the, the last three weeks. Let's pivot back to Puka Nakua. Mm. Um, Puka Nakua, <laughs> it's so funny because I think that there was a lot of disappointment by people maybe watching him for the first time ever on <laughs> yeah. Monday night, yeah. but it's crazy how he went for 80 yards. Yeah. And, and he gives you 12 and a half PPR points in his worst game of the year where the offense really struggled on the road. He's showed his floor. I think that Monday night was actually a big positive for him. Yeah. His floor is not like, Hey, getting shut down and giving you a uh, four mm-hmm. points. His floor was a usable get you through the week type week. I, and and it's funny because your roster construction should be that Puka Nakua is your wide receiver three or your flex. Uh, even if you used a big fa- a fab bid on him, more likely than not, you drafted him at the end of of, of your draft and you're like, you know, banking points. So, and the only uh, managers who should be upset by a 12 and a half is somebody who paid a King's ransom after week one to trade for him. And then maybe you needed him to produce like a 20 point per game guy. But how impressed are you by Puka? Um, especially with now you have three weeks of sample size.
1: Yeah. I've got the garbage truck here, picking up my trash. Hopefully that's not it's too all good. good but, it's all good. But I'll say uh, I'm super impressed by Puka. You know, the the thing, Puka is another one of those guys, like, you know, dynasty helps you mm-hmm. understand whether these guys are flash in the pan or not by sort of identifying, you know, Puka led the nation, uh, led led his class in um, targets per route run, right? So he was getting targeted, uh, you know, in college, and that has literally transferred, you know, that has translated to the NFL, he's getting targeted. So he's a target earner. He's also a little mini Debo. Uh, He had 40 rush attempts in college, five rushing touchdowns his his final season at BYU. So he's a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, even though he's not a super athlete, runs in the four fives, but he's 6'2", 210. He's stout. He's tough as nails. But here's the thing. He's just an incredible zone player, too. He's able to find, you know, he's able to do the right thing in the zone. He's playing with a veteran quarterback who can find him. I think actually it even gets better when Cooper Cup comes back because then it can take some pressure off. You know, right now they might have been rolling some coverage over to Puka, which sounds crazy, but, I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, you know, if you look at the scouting report, uh, this guy's had 35 targets in the last two games. Might want to cover him. Um, so I think that's what happened a little bit. Also, you know, um, you, you know Stafford struggled a little bit, as you mentioned, but, you know, hey, it's going to happen. But I, I think Puka is – I mean, he's a he's an auto start. I said it last week. He's an auto start until he isn't.
0: Yeah, we had Ray Garvin on last week, and I had Scott Connor on the week before. So yeah. it's been kind of like I've had dynasty. these great dynasty yeah. minds all talking redraft, um, and everybody's kind of universal in the fact that Puka's for real. I, I'm completely there, and I'm less optimistic about Cooper Cup. You know, it's funny we don't. It's yeah. Scott Pianowski in the Goat District last night, and when you get this far into um, a guy being on the IR, yeah. usually the the team or some friendly beat writer is releasing yes. the, hey, he's jogging on the sideline, and everybody's so impressed. Even That's if right. they don't believe it, they'll release it, and we haven't heard a, a, a thing. like no, Cooper Cup is bad. invisible right now, so yeah. I, I am definitely not uh, optimistic about that one. One other veteran who has really struggled out the gate is Derrick Henry. We've seen two games where he's been outsnapped snapped by Tyje Spears, and through three games... Derrick Henry is at 3.2 yards per carry. Is this a let's get out of this and this is going to continue trending down or do you think that that's silly and Derrick Henry is going to rebound and bounce around? Because I do think that there's... We've seen what happened with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You know, you've seen this in the years past with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott and then you saw in the past with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler where a a dynamic back kind of the drumbeats start going. And I think the drumbeats might be coming for Tajay Spears. Yeah. Where are you at?
1: Well, a couple things. I am worried for Derrick Henry. But, of course, I was saying I was worried for Derrick Henry like five years ago. So one of these days I'm going to be right about this thing. Just wait till he's 40 and you'll be right. It's unbelievable. But I will actually temper expectations a little bit for a couple reasons. Number one, the AFC South is a mess. And so even if um, Tennessee struggles, which they have, they're going to be in it. And Vrabel's a great coach. He's going to stay with it. And their schedule is really, really brutal through the first six weeks. They have a week seven bye. And after the week seven bye, things get a little bit easier for them in terms of their uh, opponent's run defense. So I actually think it might get worse before it gets better. Maybe not worse, but you know what I mean. Uh, Probably I would look to after – thanks, Matt Chester, for this take. But probably after the week seven bye, I think that's when he really uh, should see some – some better efficiency numbers. Um, As we know, we've seen this type of thing from Derrick Henry because he doesn't get there on targets and this type of thing. He's really, you know, 19 carries for 200 yards and three touchdowns over the Jacksonville Jaguars or some shit. And you're like, oh, there it is. So that's how he gets there. Um, The team is struggling right now. There's a lot of issues there, obviously, in Tennessee. But one of those issues has been the defenses they've been up against. So got to temper that a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um, and every time the last few years I've gone on a podcast and thought Derrick Henry was slowing down, he definitely proved me wrong like the following week. But yes. any way you cut it, I I want Tajay Spears. Yes, in case this gets to be like a, a faster moving decline. And Father Time is undefeated, guys. Derrick Henry is a is a terminator, but well, Father you, Time hey, is undefeated.
1: Out. I'm in a I'm in a redraft league, right? Uh and I have Tajay Spears. And this last week I had a tough decision. You know, I've got some good wide receivers on the team and, you know, I had to, I, had to I dropped Jahan Dotson and I held Tajay Spears just to give you a, a feel yeah. for where I'm at with Tajay. So absolutely would not be worried about Tajay. I would not be dropping him in a redraft. So, you know, under, I, cause I know I can replicate whatever the hell uh, Jahan Dotson is going to get me, you know, on the waiver wire potentially or whatever, you know, whereas if Taj, if Derek Henry were to go down or if they start to really give it, uh, give, um, Tajay the, 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 lion's share, especially down the stretch, he could be a league winner.
0: I love that. Yeah. I think Tajay is, is, you know, caught four passes last week and, yeah. uh, you know, he's dynamic. So th- that's one that, uh, I've been recommending on the waiver wire column for weeks now. Um, and, I, if you can get a chance to get Tajay Spears, go get him. Exactly the kind of guy you want on your bench, whether you have Derrick Henry or not. And if you have Derrick Henry in Dynasty, go pay up for Tajay Spears. You got to yeah. have that handcuff there. I think. Uh, let's stay in the AFC South. Uh, one player who might have fallen through the cracks in, in certain leagues this week because of so many wide receivers being appealing waiver wire ads was Josh Downs. Mm. Josh Downs uh, has impressed me he had 12 targets this past week. Yeah. It's kind of like a uh, it's all coming together for Josh Downs as the number 2 target in Indianapolis. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I mean Josh Downs was the number 1 player in this class uh with uh yards per team pass attempt. Uh he was he was great. He was great when Sam Howell was there. He's been a great player in college. Uh was a little bit of a concern that it may be slot only. Uh, But he was real fast, so he would profile as a guy who could play, you know, stretch Z as well and be on the field in two wide receiver sets. He has been a close to the line of scrimmage underneath target guy. But, hey, look, in PPR, that has its utility, too. You know, eight catches for 40 yards still kind of gets you there. Um, So at the end of the day, I I think it's going to be Pittman and Downs. I think Downs has proven. Look, if you can get on the field in your first three or four games and contribute right away as a rookie, that's almost all you're looking for, and then from there we'll see what he can do. But uh, yeah, I think Josh Downs is uh, is he got there. I think he's going to be a, an NFL player, and he's going to be a slot guy uh, at the very, very least.
0: Yeah, and we like how consolidated things are in Indianapolis. Exactly. They literally have no wide receivers, yeah. so Josh Downs is 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 you know the uh, he's he's definitely making the most of a of a very easy opportunity, and and I think he's a great guy to go through and comb through. He might not even be picked up in some like shallow leagues. So he's one that's like, if you didn't get the Tank Dells or the Marvin Mims, go ahead and grab yourself some Josh Downs and see where that goes for cheap. Last week, we had a rookie showcase game. It was Atlanta-Detroit. This is Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs taking over for David Montgomery. They announced that Jameer Gibbs is going to get all the carries, and he did, but he didn't get any targets. Bijan Robinson had his worst game of the season, the running backs disappointed a little bit. We have I don't have any question marks for those guys. They're both ballers. But the story of the game in the rookie showcase was Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta now broke Keith Jackson's record from 1988 for most receptions by a rookie tight end in a three-game span. He's second only to your New England Patriots alum uh, Aaron Hernandez, RIP, uh, in terms of yards in three games by a rookie tight end. So... This is this is unbelievable. Sam Laporta is your guy. How bullish should we be on Laporta for this year and beyond?
1: As bullish as you want to be. I mean, you know, I, I think he's uh, he, he's clearly a top three or four tight end, maybe five tight end in redraft this year. Yes. You know, I mean just because of the targets. I mean, yeah, I, I I, don't think there's any way that you can have them outside your top five going forward in redraft. And what that means for Dynasty is he's easily now a top three Dynasty tight end. I mean, look, there's no doubt that I'd rather have Sam Laporta in Dynasty than Kyle Pitts, no doubt. I mean, it's not even, to me, it's not close even. I don't, you know, and Pitts is not, I mean, I get nothing against him, but absolutely, so Laporta... You know, is is the man? I mean, it's 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 clear to see. Look, when we talk, we were talking about this tight end class the whole way through, yep. and we liked Musgrave, we liked Kincaid, we liked um, uh, Laporta, and I actually liked Mayer, but I didn't like his ADP. You know, I was like, yeah, fine, Mayer's fine, but I'm not so sure. I, I Look, you know who didn't do very well on the anatomy series was Mayer. Mayer yeah. was the guy I was fading because I liked all of these guys, especially I like Laporta and Musgrave. They looked way better in the in the anatomy analysis than even Kincaid. Although Kincaid, I felt like obviously found a great spot. And I thought maybe he's a little bit more slot wide receiver guy in Buffalo. And that's been true because he's been playing with Dawson Knox. But that all that being said, um, Mayor was not the guy I wanted. As a matter of fact, he was probably closer to my tight end four than he was to my tight end one going through the process. Of course, that just meant I got zero of him in rookie drafts, and I'm really happy about that because I'm loaded up with Mayor. I mean, uh, Musgrave and Laporta.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was on undrafted, and we talked about this class and how I liked all of these guys, but I liked Mayor more than you did. And we talked about it, and you kind of capped the upside. And it's one of those things where – just the way you kind of landed in rookie drafts. I didn't get any mayor and I ended up with so much Laporta, a lot of KK. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel, I feel great and I still get like weird, (laughs) weird trade offers for for Laporta, but I ended up with no mayor and I ended up making some trade and I have one, one share of Michael Mayer in like FFPC dynasty leagues, but I have like 10 shares of Sam Laporta And I have a a decent amount of Luke Musgrave. I have a lot of Dalton Kincaid. I'm hoping that situation works itself out soon. I believe in the talent, though. But Laporta is so good, and he's in such a great situation. And he's been a top eight or better tight end for three straight weeks. Last week, he has 22-plus points. Now you've got the Musgrave versus Laporta game. So this is going to be like the everybody wakes up and realizes, i got to go get Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave was still available in 82%. Of Yahoo leagues, uh, two nights ago it was wild. He looks yeah. really, really good too.
1: He looks really good. I mean, he had a he had a touchdown that uh, Jordan Love overthrew, and so he he could th- the numbers could be even better for Musgrave. I still have Laporta over Musgrave, but they're my d- uh, dynasty tight ends one and two from this class, no doubt. Um, I would definitely want Musgrave even over Kincaid right now. I think he just profiles as a more inline player too. Uh, he's a beast. Um, but he's, he's, he's proven it. Um, yeah. LaPorta, man. I mean, it's it's he, ridiculous. I've got him. Um, I, you know, the thing about it is I was also advocating for him as the late round tight end in redraft. So that's the other thing too, is I've got LaPorta in just about every redraft league I, I have um, because it was such an easy button to push once you kind of got to that, you know, cause it, it, it yeah, you were just, there's no more value running backs. There's no more. It was like right there every time. And and redraft for your, you know, your late round tight end if you went elsewhere. So it's just perfect. yeah, he's been awesome. Scott Fishbowl, of course, I've got him. burying so, no.
0: narratives. I have Kincaid in the fishbowl, which has not been so good six. um minutes. but the the uh, burying narratives on these rookie tight ends, I think this class will change things a little bit. Got Brock Bowers coming up this year, and people are going to overdraft him probably yep. because, you know, of the success of these guys. And I don't think overdrafting Brock Bowers is necessarily the worst thing though. Guy is a baller. Let's, uh, let's stay with green Bay. Jordan love is off to a really strong start. Seven touchdown passes, one interception last week, led the Packers to a come from behind, uh, win. it was like a lot of deleted tweets out there hating on Jordan love. And then all of a sudden he leads them back. Uh, we like the way he looks and also they get Christian Watson back soon. Your thoughts on love and the green Bay Packers.
1: I love it. So I was the Jordan Love hater. I'm not going to delete any tweets. If anybody wants to resurface them and dunk on me, feel free because it's fun to do. That being said, I did say on my podcast um, this off season uh, or, or recently, actually, about Jordan Love before the season. I said Jordan Love, the prospect that was drafted what seven years ago now? Oh, no, it was like three years ago. But that person is different than Jordan Love, the player who stepped on the field week one this year. And I don't know what has happened in those three years because there's no data on that. You know, did he actually improve? Because it's very possible he did. So I actually don't know. It's kind of like Geno Smith. Like, was Geno Smith bad as a rookie and first-year player? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's great, but then he wasn't and got run out of town. And so these guys tend to grow. I mean, think about yourselves, listeners, at 20 – and then think of yourself at 25. Was that a different human? Certainly was. Certainly was. So, you know, look, this guy, this guy's got an opportunity to improve. Now, having said all that, he still is uh, 33rd in the NFL in completion percentage at 53.1, just ahead of Zach Wilson. So there are some troubling stats with him. He's played a real soft schedule. I mean, obviously, the Bears are an absolute sieve against the pass. Guys were running wide open one of his touchdown passes was to Aaron Jones on a little swing that went for like sixty five yards just running. One of his other touchdown passes was like a a little pitch uh, forward to uh, Jaden Reed, who scored basically a handoff. I'm not taking anything away from him yet, but a lot of the success has been touchdown, you know, success in terms of statistically, which is a little wonky, and the completion percentage is generally a little bit stickier, especially considering that's what he's shown over his career both in college. And in the NFL. But, you know, some of the eye test stuff, first of all, the moxie to come back in that game and win it, got to give him credit for it, man. Uh, Played well, executed a drive, has been really good around the red zone throwing uh, to dubs. You know, he's got a couple of back shoulder throws that are really impressive. So, in terms of love, I think the jury is still out, but I would say that he does have um, what it takes to be, you know, the real deal.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that the, you know the completion percentage. That's a great point. But yeah, he is scary. taking downfield shots. Yeah. Like we miss Misses Musgrave, but like this is not a dink and dunk offense. They're not protecting him. They're they're taking shots downfield. And I think when Christian Watson comes back, I think it'll tell the complete picture. Just because sure. kind of the makeup of the of the team, he's got to be a big part of it. So yeah. if Green Bay is going to make a run in the NFC and be more than just kind of like a middle of the pack team. I think they need a big performance from Christian Watson but yeah I like he's the made way made some that...
1: big plays. he's done a, he's done a nice job I've watched him and I've been impressed there's a, when you watch him in that offense look he's also people have been saying on uh you know i put out a tweet and people yeah but you know the the, the you know the guys thrown downfield that whole thing and it's like well he's still the lowest in terms of um expected completion percentage versus real completion he's not doing a very good job with completion percentage okay so even though he's throwing down the field i mean he's still 33rd out of 34 you know i mean yes there are other guys throwing the ball downfield i mean shit you know so all that being said though it's going to be interesting when he gets aaron jones and christian watson back and also lastly their schedule does not get difficult ever (laughs) their schedule is very favorable the rest of the way so uh, you know it it could absolutely hold. Absolutely. And just drop
0: AJ Dillon. This is like the, uh, I, 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 it's so funny. You look through some of the, some of the performances from AJ Dillon. It's, it's just insane. Every time he gets an opportunity, drop him. Somebody else will spend a $2 fab on him. That's the definition of a sabotage drop. Uh, it's a good time to use your sabotage drops
1: for my listeners, zero shares, zero cares.
0: There you go. There you go. I have one, share it that I had to like plug in two weeks ago it's just ugly so uh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna cut him in a few leagues I don't want to see that on my bench anymore never gonna happen kind of situation (laughs) let's talk about a running back though that we were both bullish on in the offseason we're not like closing the door but there are some concerning red flags with what's going on with Ramondre Stevenson right now Mm -hmm. Ramondre Stevenson in game one you know gets six catches yeah. The catches have gone down, the targets have gone down in every single game. Last week was not a good weather game, and it was a you know a set set the clock back on NFL offense type game. The Patriots get their 16th straight win over the New York Jets. That's an insane, uh, 16th straight win, and it's Zeke Elliott carrying the load in the win, not Ramondre Stevenson. They're saying the right things. Ramondre's saying the right things. But this is concerning. How are you feeling about Ramondre Stevenson? How concerned are you? And how should fantasy managers be treating him?
1: You know, I almost said, excuse me, I almost said Ramondre when you said disappointing player at the top of the show. And as I was going through the show sheet, I was glad I didn't because I saw the the question about Ramondre. Yeah, it's it's pretty disappointing. Um, But he kind of got there a couple times. So it may be an opportunity to sell, I think, actually, than rather to buy. Um, because if someone looks at, you know, just the, you know, fancy points, they might say, Oh, Oh, he's still, he's still doing it. It's fine. Everything's gonna be okay. But the problem for me is that offense, yeah. you know, and I don't see any blue sky in that offense. Uh, there's no speed. Uh, there's no tight end of consequence. I, I know Hunter Henry has been performing statistically, but he's not going to change the game or the geometry of the field in any way. Um, Juju's cooked. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is. I, I like him, but he's a guy, uh, Devante Parker. Okay. You know, what is he? The 30th best X receiver in the league. You know what I mean? You're yeah. ranking him. I mean, he's an NFL player, but he's not a great one. Um, what are we talking about here? Right. So Demario Douglas, Kayshaun booty or Boutte, depending on if you like him or not. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, so it's hard to get excited. Their schedule's super, super brutal. So it's not like he's got a lot of, you know, blue sky in any way. I'd almost be a seller of Ramondre and see what I could recoup rather than a buyer, uh, uh, you know, buy low situation.
0: And shout out to the chat. T Money Reacts says, do I trade Derrick Henry for Ramondre Stevenson? I would not. I would hold on to to Derrick Henry because at least we have the expectation uh, that he's going to have weekly volume. And I think Stevenson is kind of a game flow dependent guy. And apparently last last week, he's a weather dependent guy because they you know, they didn't that was not a way they wanted to attack the Jets. And I think if we looked at the Jets and we said, you know, let's have, you know, some short, low a dot passes to Ramondre Stevenson to keep them honest, didn't even go through their mind. It was just let's run Zeke. Let's let's get out of here and uh you know three yards in a cloud of dust that's it so
1: the one thing i'll say about Ramondre versus derrick henry is at least you've got a little bit of a target floor that's about all i can say
0: shout out to joanna in the chat she says Ramondre is fine
1: i love Ramondre. i'm a patriots fan he's like my favorite yeah. dude but this is yeah it's for sure rough. yeah for sure I, it's yeah.
0: rough times joanna
1: yeah um i love him he's more than fine he's Mondre. Let's shout go.
0: out to shout out to to Chuka baby apparently I wear black t-shirts way too much. I like I, black, borrowed it. I like black tees guys. I like Me black too. tees. Chat is great. Please uh, hit the like button everyone. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um let's keep this going. Alvin Kamara returns to action this week. Yep. This is his first game back from suspension. Uh you have Jameis Winston under center this week. This is uh this is fun. You got the Jameis Winston revenge game. Yes. they got the three uh, really really good wide receiver core. We talk about New England And uh, then you look at the New York Giants, how bad their wide receivers put Rashid Shahid on either one of those teams. We're talking, we're really talking, but what are your expectations for Alvin Kamara coming off of a suspension? I have him as a locked in RB two. I'm optimistic. I thought he looked good in the preseason. Where are you at?
1: Well, I would say it depends on which Jameis we get to see. Do we get to see the awesome 30, 30, 30 club Jameis, or do we see the neutered check down Jameis, you know, the good Jameis, the the one who's throwing it downfield, who doesn't give a shit about pick sixes, I love that dude. Is good for lave especially down the field. Uh, neutered Jameis, which I think is a little bit more likely, given the coaching and the and the proclivity of that team defense, run you know ball ball control is very good for Kamara and of course with Jamal Williams out, and who knows how long he, you know he'll be out? I, I don't, I actually don't know, but you know certainly not. He didn't command that backfield, and also. Kendra Miller did not command the backfield in his first action back last week. Um, you know, Kamara looks to step in and be a feature role and a feature role that also includes a, a volume pass catcher. Uh, so I really uh, think Kamara, the, the, the seas have, uh, have, parted for Kamara and shout out to, you know, Josh, uh, Josh Lee on our, on our team who, uh, Who's been drafting Camara at a breakneck pace in uh, best ball is going to see, I think, some really good returns for Camara. I think it's I think it's wheels up for Camara.
0: Yeah, Josh Lee, like many of you un, undrafted people, uh, is a very good follow as well. Highly yeah. recommend all all those guys. Oh, excuse me, at the undroppables, Josh yeah. Lee's definitely a fun Twitter follow. Um, let's. I'm I'm trying to avoid talking about Miami. We Just we do love it. We we Devon a. chain, We yes. were on the podcast together this summer. And we were all over Devon A chain. Yeah. Uh I got bags and bags in, in Dynasty. I Me have too. a good amount in redraft. It's coming Me together, too. man. This is yeah. it. This is what we wanted. This is this is it. This is happening. Yeah. Your thoughts on him. We're not expecting 50 points every game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell was missing. And but but, but you know, let's let's let, have it. Have it. The floor is yours. Devon yeah. A chain.
1: Well, look, it, we we loved Devon A chain. Uh the only data point that we didn't like was what one the weight size that's it that was literally it and then he goes to miami where you know raheem Mostert is the the starting back guess who doesn't give a shit about size is mike mcdaniel because he's he's proven it he cares about speed and you know with 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 a chain or a chan didn't he say he wants to be called a chan how do I do listen. I gonna I, H-M? I'm, I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm uh, saying a shout, shout out to Devon. You got to reconsider this because a chain sounds so dope. So, dope. and you got to You got to keep it going, man. This is, you know, you're allowed to change the pronunciations over the years. Yes. Um. You know, this was like a Robert, Robert, and let's mark this: the fall of Robert Tunyon yes. went downhill when he told everybody that I'm not Robert Tanyan, I'm Tunyon. Right. And that was the downfall. So so keep it with the A-Chain,
1: man. A chain is so cool. It's like a chain. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm not even that cool, and I know it's cool. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I you know, I everybody knows my like sort of my little love uh this offseason was Izzy Abanacanda. and all I wanted was for Izzy to go to Miami. I was just like, please, God, send him to 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 Miami in the third round. And then A chain, a chan, whatever his stupid name is now, goes. To Miami, the third round, I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. All that has to happen is he needs to defy his size a little bit. And well, obviously, he's done that. Now, the tempered expectations come from he still only played about 40% of the snaps in this game, and it was a, it was a route. So they're 50 points ahead, and the most snap share he got was 40% in this game. That's concerning because he had that big, long run late in the game. That was either the I think it was the 70th point, the one that, you know, Took it to the house, which was again dope. But again, you gotta be a little bit uh concerned about the potential volume if he's gonna be at best 50-50 uh timeshare with Raheem. And I think look, Jeff Wilson might come back. So I'm a little bit nervous, but obviously the results in that game make you very, very happy for even a you know 25 to 40 percent snap share that he can still get it off. I I had kind of said with you in, in a lot of these shows in the offseason that my expectations was even though he might not play a full complement of snaps, what he will do is he'll play in space and he'll have 10, 15-yard plays at a clip and then be able to score touchdowns. What happened this past week? Exactly that.
0: And I think that the the shovel passes were really like that. Like they, They've thought about how to use him correctly. Yes. It's a perfect scheme for him. They get fast players out in space. And I actually think – Jeff Wilson, and this is not a knock on Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's playing unbelievable. Raheem Mostert is a, is a locked in starter for you. but I think Jeff Wilson will take a little bit more away from Raheem Mostert because I think uh, Devon a a chain, a chan um, a, uh, a chain a is, chain it has his, has his weekly role. And we also have not seen Miami in a in a situation where they have to trail where they might use him. We talked about his uh you know his ability and his potential out of the backfield as a receiver yeah. and I still think that's there. So yes. this Miami offense it's like this is a rule breaking don't try to comprehend it just shove him in your lineup offense yes. like we saw with the Rams with Kurt Warner. I really believe that this could be like a this could be like the Super Bowl champion Miami Dolphins and they score 48 points in the super bowl kind of deal. So yeah, yeah. I'm all over it. The I'm game with, yeah. this you. You can start well,
1: who, them both Who yeah, wins this week.
0: Who wins this week? Buffalo, Miami.
1: Wow. What a fucking game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like to think it's going to be Miami. I, 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 right now Miami's in the driver's seat, but this will definitely change everything. If Buffalo wins, I love it, man. I, I, I haven't really thought about who's going to win that game so i mean i'm just kind of shooting from the hip i'd probably want to look at it a little bit closer and look at some of the matchups but um but yeah i mean you just want to see miami do it again i mean this is a fun team and also you know i i've, I've said a million i'm a patriots fan i've said a million times that it's impossible not to like josh allen well it's now impossible not to root for tua uh, given the trials and tribulations he went through you don't forget the hip remember the hip when he hurt his hip coming out of college, I mean, that was like, no one
0: even thinks about that because we talked about this in the pre-show. The pre-show is he's treated like he's a 38 year old man in dynasty rankings because of all the head injuries. He's ranked lower than he should be with the production, but yeah, the hip injury, this is a guy that came back. back. Yeah. He's just a warrior.
1: So, and he's, and he's been, you know, uh, everybody's kind of taking shots at him in the off season. You know, if you're not good enough, what are they going to do? And, you know, I mean, He's answered it all, man. I'm I am absolutely rooting for Tua, and uh, I'd love to see him, uh, you know, hoist the Lombardi. Absolutely. I mean, as a Patriots fan, that's very weird to say, but yeah. I mean, he just deserves it. He's a great kid.
0: And Mike McDaniel might be my favorite coach of all time. Hell and that's yes, crazy. I didn't think this would be the way, but the guy is he's there's nothing about McDaniel that I don't like. He's funny. Right. He's he's a genius, and he helps us in fantasy. And I know he cares about fantasy. There's no way he coaches like this without caring about us last yeah. year, the consolidated target share. <laughs> so Mike McDaniel, yeah. if you're ever on long Island or in the central coast of California, hit I'm us serious. up. You got a, You got a couch. You might even get the the guest bedroom. I might even give you the guest bedroom.
1: I mean, I'll give him the, I'll, yeah, he can sleep in the, uh, in the, in the master. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep on the, you know, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'll sleep on the couch.
0: Um, Los Angeles chargers. We lose Mike Williams for the season. Is Keenan Allen now the league winner?
1: Isn't he already? He kind of is. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: got the highest. Shout out to uh, Fantasy Mojo. Darren Armani drops the how the 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 top teams in the in the FFPC across all formats are doing. The one percenters, like the teams that are better than ninety nine percent. Keenan Allen was the most rostered uh, wide receiver there. Raheem Mostert, Justin Herbert, and he had a couple others. Uh, TJ yeah, Hawkinson. Laporta. TJ ha- Laporta was number two to Hawkinson, but yeah. absolutely up there. But Keenan Allen was the best draft pick you could have made, and now coming off of a career high in catches, broke the Los Angeles Chargers record with 18 receptions, <laughs> and he sets a personal record with 215 yards receiving, which is wild. He's 32 years old. Where how, how, this could be wide receiver one overall this year?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a Dave Kluge had put out a, a preseason poll. Uh, who do you prefer in redraft this year, Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen? And uh, it was Calvin Ridley by like, you know, two to one, 66 to 33 or something like that. And I saw that and I said, that's interesting. And I said, I I sent my own poll. If I told you both these players played 17 games this year, who would you prefer, Keenan Allen or Calvin Ridley? And I sort of linked it to his so that, you know, people could see both of them and Keenan Allen won that one 2 to 1. So really the concern of not drafting Keenan Allen was all baked on injury. Injury was the reason and as long as he stays healthy he's really a wide receiver one and we all knew it.
0: Yeah, no it's it's very interesting cuz when we start relitigating where ADP should have been it was the Calvin Ridley, T Higgins uh DK Metcalf Keenan Allen tier and yes. Keenan Allen's easily the best one there and then the when you start comparing him to the really 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 terrific but wide receiver twos on their own offense in Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell you wouldn't have even thought of taking Keenan Allen over those guys you know and
1: here we are it's unbelievable or, or Garrett Wilson woof Sorry. Garrett Wilson. That's I didn't mean sad. to do that. Yeah, too. it's, Look it's what I really, did to really it's sad oh,
0: times. Oh, it, it hurts oh, 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 oh. a lot. Garrett Wilson. You know, you know my love for Garrett Wilson. Yes, and, sir. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, Scott Pianowski last night on Goat District said that taking Garrett Wilson was like shopping at like that really cool boutique, and Devontae Adams was like the 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 square like store, you know, yeah. that only like the old guys shop at. Yeah. But I was like. It was like a cool boutique. If somebody ran up and threw a brick through the window of that boutique yeah. and ruined the store with glass shattered everywhere, when they go to away from Aaron Rodgers, so like somewhere yeah. in the multiverse, Garrett Wilson is wide receiver one right now, and we're no laughing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> where are you at on Quentin Johnston and Josh Palmer? Because I think there's a lot of early victory lapping um, for you know the anti quentin Johnston uh, fantasy manager but now it's like a lifeline has been cast where he was not on the field in two wide receiver sets. It was Josh Palmer, but L.A. is going to be in 11 a lot. Yeah. Where, where do you see this, this uh, shaking out?
1: I think uh, Quentin Johnston is not ready for a prominent role in the NFL, right? So I think he's going to be the third or fourth or fifth target once Eckler comes back. Um, I think it's I think it's Keenan Allen obviously is the number one target that goes without saying he saw 18 targets uh, that 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 goes without saying so it's Josh Palmer for me as number two I think he will play in two wide receiver sets I don't think he's going to be a league winner but I think he's absolutely if I'm picking up one of the two it's Palmer and not even really close for me uh, Quentin Johnson's that shiny object but I, I don't think it has any substance um, so yeah he might have a couple big games but I don't think you're gonna feel comfortable putting him in a redraft lineup, but I would feel very comfortable putting, you know, Josh Palmer in my flex cuz I think he's going to get at least some volume. Look, the big plays are going to be there for whomever is in that offense because of Justin Herbert, but you really don't know when where and when those big plays will surface. As a matter of fact, they're more likely to go to Donald Parham than they are to Quinton Johnson.
0: Donald Parham's a very interesting name to bring up because his snaps were almost equal to Gerald Everett. They've gone up and up and up. If he can somehow overtake Gerald Everett or somehow equal out to him in routes run, Donald Parham is very interesting. You're talking about a six foot eight guy, red zone threat. We don't want to pay for, definitely don't go paying for touchdowns, last week's touchdowns. But if you can get, like, in my way for, yeah, for the, the snaps, yeah, because touchdowns are
1: one thing, but his snaps have gone up and up and up. He's now, I think, it was like sixty-seven percent this last week. Yeah, now that's with Mike Williams being out. Was that just a mirage? I'm going to watch Donald Parham's usage, route percentage, all that. You're absolutely right on it, Theo.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And Josh Palmer is interesting though, because a lot of fantasy managers, he was available in ninety-six percent of Yahoo leagues. So this was a guy that a lot of fantasy managers were going to be able to add, but it's going to cost you some fab. I'm we're both on the tank Dell over Josh Palmer oh, as an yes. ad. Not even yes. a question. Not a question. But some fantasy managers are going to take Josh Palmer over Marvin Mims. Is this incorrect? I'm on the Marvin Mims side here because I think he's dynamic and the role is going to continue to grow. And I think Josh Palmer is a capped out type talent that's a wide receiver three. Um, and but I think Marvin Mims in the second half of the year might be a guy we can't take out of our lineups because he's so good and his role is ascending. Where are you at?
1: Let me let me read you my man Scott Barrett. So me, Scott Barrett was on my show and we talked at length. This was early in the off season, I don't remember exactly when, right around the NFL draft, I believe, um, about Marvin Mims. We both had him high in our. I had him as wide receiver four uh, in the class. He had him at wide receiver two pre-draft. You know, this was before the draft. We had them there, so we would have been drafting Marvin Mims. You know, around the one two turn in the actual NFL draft. So he, we loved Marvin Mims. And certainly, that's making a lot of sense and making us look almost like we're smart now. Uh, great Scots. Anyway, he said current leaders in yards per route run. Number one in the NFL is Marvin Mims at seven point two two. You know, then Tyree Kill, Brandon Ayuk, Keenan Allen. Right. Current leaders in route run, Marvin Mims with only twenty seven route run, routes run. You know, I mean, in other words, this is a guy that is not being utilized. He's only about twenty five percent uh snap share in each of the first three games is just not on the field um there's been a lot of you know nathaniel hackett really needs to wait hold on wait sean payton the coach there i did not know they changed uh just a uh, new information thanks for letting me know that god well, bless you pay your... a
0: first you pay a first round pick you don't think you're gonna get rolled your producer by 50 points
1: yeah thank you for that uh update Uh, But, yeah, I mean, what is going on where you've got this guy who is, like, this legendary player? I really think Marvin Mims is that good. I mean, he's sort of proving it. In small sample, he's just dominating. He's returning fucking kicks for touchdowns. Like, he's just an awesome NFL football – an awesome football player. And if he can get on the field, I think he can prove to be a great NFL asset. I I would think this has got to go up. It just – his snap share has not gone up, Theo, and it's driving me insane because I do – I have held Marvin Mims on every redraft roster that I've drafted him, and it's hard to play him until he has snaps here. Although, if you did play him, you saw returns because of the the incredible plays he's making.
0: Who wins this week? Denver Broncos or Chicago Bears? You're, in you're Chicago? stealing
1: my thunder and my one of these other questions. Okay. No, no, no. Let's, no, no. <laughs> let, then
0: let's get. To, we're gonna get. We're over an hour, so let's get to the lightning right, round. Lightning round. What player turns it around in week four? Give us someone you think could really bounce back and have a positive fantasy performance?
1: Um, Hold on. Let me look here. Where is it? Um, Lightning round. Oh, yeah. Um, What player turns around? Look, I'm going to go and and rescue you now. I think it might be Joe Burrow, right? Um, You know, it might be Joe Burrow. The other player is Trevor Lawrence. Um, You know, we we had to skip a little something, but Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley. Look, in the Chiefs game, there were four touchdowns he threw that were like one foot in, one foot out. Um, Calvin Ridley last week dropped another touchdown pass. So both Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence should see some regression, you know, to the, to, to the positive with, with the way that they've been playing. I think Trevor is still a good player. Obviously this team is not perfect in terms of their offensive line and their defense, but, um, yeah, so I think Trevor Lawrence and, and your boy, Joe Burrow turn it around a little bit coming forward. So don't, don't panic.
0: No, I, I, I love that one. Um, I'm going to say, and I'll I'll talk this one into existence. I think that Dalton Kincaid's going to have his best fantasy game of the season. They're going to have to try to keep up with this Miami Dolphins attack. I think this is going to be another great week for rookie tight ends. I think Laporta and Musgrave both play very very well uh, tomorrow evening on Thursday night. But I think Dalton Kincaid, who's been really slow at the gate, has something like seven catches, maybe finds the end zone yeah. against Miami. But I am I like that call and picking the Miami Dolphins to win that game uh, with you as well. Keep the lightning round going. Which waiver wire edition this week is here to stay? Tank Dell. Tank yeah, Del. it's, it's Tank Dell. 100% yeah. agree with you. Tank Dell is is one for me. How about off show sheet? Is there some like low key ad? You touched on Donald Parham. Is there some low key ad that you've been looking to try to squeeze into some of your fantasy rosters?
1: I haven't thought of one. Do you have one?
0: I'll give you one. Yeah, I'm adding Keaton Mitchell hmm. in a lot of leagues just because I think that this backfield is kind of a mess right now in Baltimore in terms of like the explosiveness. They have all these older players. Mitchell's a four three seven guy. Uh, you know, we 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 love the speed. He's a smaller, dynamic back, and I'm wondering if he can't carve a role. I'm also, you'll laugh at this one. I'm adding some Trey Sermon here and there. Because yeah, Trey Sermon, fair. you know, is the clear cuff right now. And it's been the goofiest, most drunk season ever. So Trey Sermon getting four starts for us this year would just add to it. And he's free and he's a clear handcuff
1: right now. Maybe Demario Douglas if you're in a regular league. I mean, again, that's super deep. Um, the other one is, uh, <laughs> this is just defensive, uh, is um, uh, the backup in Denver, the the quarterback. Uh, I, I can't think of his <laughs> name right now. Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. So you know, Jarrett Stidham might be starting games. So if you're in one of these leagues, that like a super flex league, obviously only. I mean, but Stidham may be available in some of these super flex leagues. Uh, just sort of sneak Stidham onto your roster. Same thing. I just did this the other uh, today was was Browning because if Burrow is hurt, you know those two guys in in super flex leagues could could offer some starts. It was the same reason we wanted Dobbs and Tune. Look, Dobbs has played really well, and so he's boxed out my guy Clayton Toon, but this could have been Toon instead of Dobb, but to no avail. Yeah, I how about dobbed.
0: the how about the Jets should go and trade for Jarrett Stidham.
1: Right, somebody. You know,
0: like somebody. It's it's just ridiculous.
1: They signed He's, Simeon which I think is, you know, not a it's, solution.
0: <laughs> you know, I'd rather I'd rather not see, a solution. I but I'd rather see Simeon out there than Zach Wilson. I'd rather see anybody off the street out there instead of Zach Wilson. Well, um, the, the,
1: the Kaepernick one, the uh, Kaepernick,
0: Kaepernick's better than Zach Wilson. I told Kaepernick him, I told off him, his couch is better than Zach. Wilson. Just
1: put him in there. Let him. Yeah. Let him. You know, put up or shut up. Just go play Kaepernick. Let's see what you got. Philip Rivers,
0: Carson oh Wentz, Carson Wentz, Matt oh Ryan are all better than Wentz. Zach actually, might yeah. still
1: have something left.
0: Yeah. I'd, so I'd, yeah, yeah. Ma- Michael Pittman caught plenty of balls from yeah. from Matt Ryan last year. So. Yeah. Um, just get, give my man, Garrett Wilson, a life, a life vest, Please. Uh, which game besides Buffalo and Miami, there what it game is. are you most excited about? There it you, is. Gave us, you gave us a sneak preview.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, you gotta be excited for this Denver, Chicago game. I mean, it's one of those games that might actually be like, um, like competitive, <laughs> you know, because it's like, they're both terrible. I mean, has there been a, a worse defense than Chicago? all season? I mean, pretty much not until Denver gives up a 70 burger. And by the way, Mike McDaniel should have 1000% kicked that field goal. Or I think he should have run a fucking fake field goal and gone for 77. A fake field goal in Sean Payton's face would have been the way to go. I Look, fuck them. Like this whole thing, like, oh, he did the classy thing by kneeling on it. No, he didn't. What difference does it make if I kick a field goal or not? If I score 70 on you or 73, it's classy if I score 70 get out of here. I I am never here for that. You, you, you know, am I going to score less points? It doesn't make any sense. Just put up however many points you possibly can and let the other team go deal with the shrapnel. Other, other games though, new England Dallas should be fun uh, just because uh, I'm a Patriots fan, but that's going to be very interesting. Uh, Detroit green Bay. Look, every green Bay game is interesting because of the Jordan love thing. And then of course, I think the other game is Baltimore, Cleveland, this Cleveland defense. When do they finally score? Uh, allow any points? I mean, this yeah. Cleveland defense is sick.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely definitely really really good. And we also saw Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper coming off a good game. I think yep. that that's got to be the identity post Nick Chubb. For me, I'm really excited about Houston Pittsburgh because you have the Pittsburgh defense coming into Houston. I think it's a game where a lot of people are going to say, "Well, this is C.J. Stroud comes down to earth, Tank Dell, yeah. you know Nico Collins, and Pittsburgh gets in there and, and wins the game." I think Houston can beat Pittsburgh. It's I agree. Kenny Pickett on the road, and I'm, I am like a low key Houston Texans fan right now yes. because I, I love CJ Stroud and I, I like Demico Rhines and all these guys. We yes. went well over an hour here. Uh, I love chopping it up on the Sorry. undrafted for like two hours. I love, I love, I love you know the long form podcast, but press coverage. I try to keep it a tight hour, but this was so, so great. We didn't Thanks. even hit half of the show sheet. Um, let everybody know again where they can find your awesome
1: work and your tremendous podcast. Go to theundroppables.com. We have our great website there. Go to uh, at theundroppables on Twitter, and you can find me personally at uh, Dino Game Theory. The name of my podcast is The Undrafted, and we have a lot of fun on that show. So, yeah, good show.
0: Yeah, love it, and uh, and highly recommend it. And definitely stick with us here at Player Profiler. If you subscribe to the to the main feed of of the of our podcast, you get the undrafted you get press coverage you get fan, uh you know fantasy empire first class fantasy we have such a great great roster of shows and jacks is one of the big reasons for that first class fantasy tomorrow we have bob Harris on at 3:30 and the return nope. of billy muzio billy muzio has had me uh not none with no co-host for two straight weeks he was grinding some work so i've been i've been holding it down in first class fantasy we're back to the to the the OG to co-hosting first class fantasy fantasy that's going to be a lot of fun with Bob Harris press coverage i've got great guests lined up all season long i got a new dynasty show cooking where you might see see Scott as one of my first guests uh and then sonic truth we're dropping every now and then find me on the goat district i'm all over the place check out my articles please um at playerprofiler.com my sleepers article will drop later this week and uh thanks for tuning in to press coverage